Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Wayfarer Podcast. I'm Tom Bandwell. Thanks so much for joining me again today on our chapter day journey. We're in 1 Samuel chapter 26, and it was verse 19 that resonated with me this morning. It says, Now, let my Lord the King listen to his servant's words. If the Lord has incited you against me, then may he accept an offering. If, however, people have done it, may they be cursed before the Lord. They have driven me today from my share in the Lord's inheritance and have said, go serve other gods. Today's podcast is entitled, Who's the Villain? This past week, Wendy and I have been working remotely from the lake. We just got back last night. We finished watching all of the Marvel movies in their chronological order within the Marvel Universe, which was a lot of fun over the last year or so. I'd forgotten how good Avengers Endgame was as all the Avengers arrived to defeat the evil Thanos and his minions. Great stories need great villains, don't they? Thanos hadn't arrived on the scene when the American Film Institute celebrated its 100th anniversary by listing the 100 top movie heroes and villains (laughs) of all time. I wonder where they would have put Thanos in the list. Their top five is, FYI, Hannibal Lecter, Silence of the Lambs, Norman Bates, Psycho, Darth Vader, not a surprise there, Star Wars, The Wicked Witch of the West, Wizard of Oz, and Nurse Ratched in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. One of my favorite villains, whom I believe is one of the greatest villains of all time, comes from Shakespeare's universe. In Othello, the title character has a person whom he thinks is his best friend, a man named Iago. What Othello doesn't know is that Iago is not his friend, but his enemy. Ever know anybody like that? Yeah. Slowly and methodically, with manipulative, conniving whispers, Iago drives Othello to madness by convincing Othello that his beloved Desdemona is cheating on him. And eventually, Othello murders his innocent girlfriend in a jealous rage. Yeah, with friends like that, right? I thought of Othello as I read today's chapter. Once again, Saul and his army are hunting David in the wilderness. And even after David had spared Saul's life just two chapters ago, Saul had repented of his foolish, mad envy of David. Now Saul is doing it again. And I had to ask myself, why? Why is he doing it again? Now, certainly Saul's madness is evident throughout the David versus Saul saga. But I pondered the idea that it might be more than that. I remembered a little tidbit the author for Samuel shared back in chapter 22 said, and Saul was seated, spear in hand, under the tamarisk tree on the hill of Gibeah, and his officials standing at his side. He said to them, listen, men of Benjamin. See, Saul was from the tribe of Benjamin. And it says here that all his officials were from the tribe of Benjamin as well. They are Saul's officials from Saul's tribe. And as the king's officials, they enjoy feasting on the king's gravy train. If David from the tribe of Judah becomes king, what do you think will happen to their privilege and power? What might David do to them if and when he becomes king, knowing that they were Saul's henchmen? 
David has thought about this too. What's driving Saul's repeated homicidal attempts on David's life might not only be Saul, but from his officials, who have everything to lose should David come to power. Could it be Saul's entourage are whispering Iago-like in Saul's ear? In today's chapter, David once more confronts Saul with the fact that he could have killed the king and didn't. David doesn't address Saul, however. He addresses Saul's general and right-hand man, Abner. David calls into question the motives of Saul's advisors and officials. Quote, if, however, people have done it, may they be cursed before the Lord. End quote. So in the quiet this morning, I find myself pondering friendships. I have had an EO. I have had an Iago or two in my life. How about you? And I wondered in hindsight how I could have been so foolish as to listen to their whispers and how I could have missed the signs of their true motives. But I also find myself grateful for true friends who have walked the journey with me for years, who have been through the worst of life with me, and who have always had my back. See, this is another thing David is forging in his wilderness experience. He is creating a brotherhood of men who have no other reason to be with David but loyalty. They are forging relationships through the worst of times, which will translate into advisors who will have his back, who will be loyal to him when the best of times come and he ascends the throne. It is a blessing to have friends and companions who are motivated only by the desire of wanting God's best for you. I hope you are well wherever this finds you. Have a great weekend. We'll be back here on Monday.